Welcome to Dynasty Life. I'm Theo Greminger. Redraft leagues and best ball leagues come and go, but Dynasty is life. And my guest today, I'm really excited, uh, you know, because when I started out this show, this is like one of the people I really wanted to have on, not just because we're friends, but because I respect Jax Falcone, a.k.a. Scott Bullinger, of the undrafted about as much as anybody in the Dynasty community. Uh, one of my favorite shows, I've had a chance to go on there. Really, really strong content. Uh, Jax and the rest of the undroppables are really kind of bringing it. Uh, we have a great relationship with them at Player Profiler. Uh, and I'm thrilled to get a chance to have you on for this show because we're not only get a chance to kind of relitigate this 2023 class of rookies, which has really, really, you know, in my opinion, exceeded expectations. We're going to get a chance to kind of dive into a couple of these 2024 prospects we we are both kind of into and go over a couple other topics that are kind of fresh on dynasty managers minds. So we know it's playoff time for everybody, but we got to keep an eye on the future. This is a dynasty podcast and Jax, welcome to the show, man. You're crushing it. Why don't you tell everybody about the work you're putting out and where they can find you? Thank you. Yeah. First of all, you gotta, you gotta say Falcone. You are the one of the only guys that says Falcone, which is fine. I, it's a well, fake name to begin well, with. So I guess you could say however you want. So listen, I, I don't know if you've ever seen Batman begins. Yeah. But there's Carmine Falcone, and he spells yeah. it the same as same as you do. So I guess it's. Yeah. I you suppose know, you can say it however the hell you want, it, it, because it's fake. I can't actually say no. This is how you pronounce it, because you know I made it up. So. And we're we're you know I live on Long Island. We're gonna say things how how we see them. We're not yeah. we're not concerned about the you know we're not <laughs> concerned about That's the Shakespearean Shakespearean yeah. pronunciation of things. You'll out say there, however but, the uh, hell you damn well. Yeah, please you know down, say. out in the Central Coast, you guys are keeping it like you know proper pronunciations. I'm sure, but. Here on Long Island, you know, we're gonna we're gonna say it how we how we feel it. And uh yeah. tell everybody about about your show though, man, because I think it's yeah. it's just awesome. Um you, you, every single week you're turning out fire. It's really good stuff. Thank you. It's a lot of work, man, as you know. Um, you know, it's it sounds fun. Oh yeah, man, I'll start a podcast. And then all of a sudden, you know, if people like it, it's even more, you know, of uh, I don't know, I wanna call it a burden, but you know, you definitely want to deliver for people who care about the show and you know, it's been pretty cool, actually, because, you know, a lot of great feedback from people. And and so now the the bar gets raised to try and make sure it's a good show every single week. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's the undrafted. Um, and, I you know, it, it's, I try to make it the Dynasty People show. Um, so that, that that's what I try to do and, and try and make it the show I wished I had when I was starting Dynasty. So it's a lot of fun. Um, you, you can find that wherever podcasts are found. We also have the Undroppables Network feed which we are, you know, we have a ton of good shows on there and a lot of new shows coming out, which is really cool. So a lot of podcasts on the Undroppables feed. Obviously, you can find my show on the Player Profiler feed as well, which I'm proud to uh, share with you guys. Um, a lot of fun to, to uh, you know, do some content with and for you guys. So uh, theundroppables.com is our website. And um, what else? Uh, oh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter where I rant into the into the sun I, I i don't i don't know what i do on twitter i'm not exactly sure but it's fun your twitter game is strong no self-deprecation yeah. on that one uh but yeah. I, you know big shout out again to to the undroppables you got so many talented people love chalk love tommy mo mm -hmm. uh you guys have, just have like formed like a really strong team over there and it's really really great content um but i want to i want to kind of talk to you about a serious topic is my waiver wire edition in our shared dynasty league that you are the commissioner of my waiver wire edition of CJ Beathard, the ugliest one of the season in the league. 
Um, no. Uh, okay. Someone someone had to have gotten Tim Boyle at some point. So there you go. There Don't you, you go. think we should have spelled Boyle's name B O I L? I yeah. You know, it's just so funny. Like the, it, there's no organization in, in in New York. It's such a mess. Mm. I see Joe Flacco this weekend. And Joe Flacco nearly passed for more yards than the Jets have all season in like his first game off the couch. The guy was yeah. literally on the couch a week ago. Now he's starting. And then like Tim Boyle, they throw him out there for the slaughter. He throws that ridiculous pick six on Black Friday to Miami. Uh, and and then they cut him. He's, yeah. he's out. You know, you're out, Tim Boyle. You know, in fact, we took a look. At I mean, you. that was the first yeah. smart move they made. Yeah, he means awful. He's truly, truly awful. But uh, you know, we're we're yeah. we're gonna stay away from the Jets quarterback discussion. Yeah, please. Gotta Nobody get wants to, some, to hear that. Gotta get to some some impactful stuff. You know, we we we've podcasted a million times before, but I think yeah. when we go back and kind of look at the season as a whole, one thing I really love asking my guests, uh, you know, from a redraft perspective, is which player is your biggest positive surprise this season? And I think with redraft managers, it can help you win you know, for the season, but oftentimes for dynasty managers, a positive surprise can lead to, you know, seasons and seasons of, of fantasy success. So, you know, let's take Puka Nakua kind of out of the conversation because he's the, you know, that's your guy and you deserve a lot of credit. Like you, you were flag planning Puka. And if anybody wants to know how real Scott gets with his takes, you were telling people that you could flex him week one of the season. That's like, true. You know, so like you get your props for Puka. But every dynasty show in, in the world is talking about Puka Nakua. Give me another player that's been a huge positive surprise for you that's really kind of exceeded your expectations. I don't know if it's a dynasty take, but Mike Evans has been great. And I'll tell you, though, you know, your Puka, I, th- I thank you for that because it's interesting. I wasn't like Puka guy, you know, in the draft. I, I sort of liked him. I was like, huh, interesting. And I probably I drafted him a few times. But I actually started to trade for him subsequently because you started to see that that the Rams liked him and that he started to, you know, I guess the point of Puka for me was a learning experience of not necessarily missing out because I wasn't reading the tea leaves as they came out uh, throughout the spring. You know, it's kind of like the QJ arrow down and Puka arrow up from the, the point of the NFL draft all the way till the first snap of football. And yeah, week one, I was like, this Puka kid, I think he's going to be like, I think he's going to get some opportunity. And if he gets opportunity, he happens to be good. That's when he can take off. So I was trying to get him on a lot of rosters preeminently before that, that started. And if you had him in your, on a dynasty team, he, he kind of could have played week one. And turns out that was very, very good advice. Um, But you know, it's just, it's, it's like, you're just trying to, you know, in our league that we did together, you'll notice what did I draft? I drafted like Michael Pittman and Brandon Ayuk and, a bunch of guys you draft targets you know these guys were falling down the board and you're just trying to trying to um draft targets uh, but yeah the 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 biggest surprise for me i think is mike evans i mean i think when we looked at um you know tampa bay we said okay baker is not going to throw it downfield he's a dink and dunk you know maybe he's going to game manage his way to you know uh, godwin getting 150 targets we never really saw you know mike evans maybe putting up a career high in yards and touchdowns under the uh, command of Baker Mayfield. So that was a huge surprise. And anybody who held him, Mike Evans, that is, or or bought him on the cheap for production reasons really won this year. Yeah, I mean, you were seeing Mike Evans getting traded for just a straight-up random second last offseason. Easy. And people yeah. were trying to trying to get rid of him, uh, you know, in single QB for like a late second. 
That's yeah. it. Wash my hands of them. And it's very interesting because, you know, obviously there was some redraft element into it and there was last year's production element into it, but the market was so different on the digs, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams tier of guys. And those guys were looked at as kind of like somewhat like evergreen fantasy values that never yeah. are going to get old. They're going to age well. And then Keenan Allen, I was able to trade for so cheap. And then Mike Evans was basically free. And I yeah. think it's those two guys were such a difference maker for dynasty managers this year. It just kind of goes to show us that like, we think we know when like the guy's going to fall off a cliff, but we don't always time that correctly. I think that right. Mike Evans is a great example of it. And I think this off season, I think people are going to be a little more open to those older wide receivers that seem like they're kind of diminishing uh, in terms of their dynasty value, but they're they're giving us at least that short term production and feeling for for that's met what the, what yeah. what that matters. Feeling you get for literally nothing in the preseason. I mean, guys yeah. were were willing to cut him. So yeah, uh, right. Yeah, in Mike, dynasty leagues, he was free. I mean, I think the 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 thing that happens, Theo, and you know this is like when you're in dynasty, you don't want to be the one holding the bag. Like I'm holding a couple of Dalvin Cooks right now, and it's like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you could almost drop Dalvin Cook and he might not get picked up in a lot of dynasty leagues. I mean, he probably is on a lot of waiver wires in even deep dynasty leagues. I swear it. I, I looked at him in one spot. I was like CJ Beathard ad or something like that. And I was thinking Dalvin as a drop. Like, that's how bad it is. And think about just before the season, it was like, where's Dalvin going to go? Because he's going to annihilate someone. Remember? I mean, yeah. I said that. I know yeah. everybody said that. You know, it's, yeah. so. That's what he was. He was like a fringe RB two, three flex sort of running back in, in, in dynasty. And now, I mean, I don't know what someone would, could you get a fourth for him? Like, I mean, no. I'm not even maybe, maybe not probably. Right. The only manager in the league that would give, maybe give you a fourth for him is the Brees Hall manager. If maybe. they're, if they are chasing the money and yeah. want to have that handcuff for the, for the, like the stretch run, and that would be the only yeah. That would be the only rosters that I would want to have him on. And it's funny. We talk about like Leonard Fournette. Leonard yeah. Fournette was like an RB1. And Dust. now he hasn't got on the got on the field. These yeah. guys just fall off so quickly. And is Austin Eckler secretly kind of dust already? The guy Sheet. looks like dust right now. And I, I had this conversation with Justin Boone yesterday. And I think people are still like there's some really smart people out there that are still on the don't worry. The schedule is getting better for Austin Eckler. The schedule's right around the corner. He's he's getting the the target share and the schedule's there. Don't worry, he's gonna be okay for you in the fantasy playoffs. But I I just don't see it. I see like a guy who who looks like he's kind of lost the explosiveness and we're very touchdown dependent. I would be scared to death having Austin Eckler in like my week 17 lineup despite totally. these positive matchups. Yeah, totally. I, I had advocated Austin Eckler as a buy, you know, I don't know whatever week four, five, six, somewhere or whatever, you know, because, <clears throat> excuse me, because of that schedule, I was like, damn, that schedule is going to be sick. And, you know, you, you always sort of just see, Hey, he's going to be fine. The targets, all that stuff. But as the time has gone on and we, we watch him come back from that injury, he does not look right now. Maybe it's an injury and maybe he's fine next year. Maybe, maybe it's one of these things that, you know, you know how it is later on the, you know, after the season's over, uh, turned out Eckler was dealing with a, you know, whatever the case might be injury. Uh, but I don't know, man. It does not look good. And and for Dynasty, he was sort of a, a, a scary proposition to begin with. I thought he might have some some late career sort of satellite back usage. 
um, on a on a on a solid team. You know, imagine if he went to the Chiefs and he was the you know the 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 DeAndre Swift type of back or the Gibbs to Pacheco's Montgomery or something like that. You know, that that's the kind of uh, thought process I was thinking about with Eckler. But if he's just not good anymore, and if he has actually lost a step and he is you know damaged to the point where he can't you know repair himself, then he could be all done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and let's let's stay with kind of the disappointments because you know mm, I've got you know, one. With, Give give me your biggest disappointment and disappointments and and guys that perform negatively based on our expectations in dynasty, it it can hurt like tenfold because a yeah. lot of t- if I make a mistake in like a rookie draft and I'm stuck holding like a Michael Mayer over a Sam Laporta or Oof. you know uh, something like that or even a if I'm stuck holding a Kendra Miller over a Devon A chain like you can come yeah. up with countless exa- countless examples last year in startups <laughs> and in rookie drafts so. Who is your big disappointment? Well, zero shares, zero cares, Michael Mayer. Um, Yeah, I was totally out, as you remember. I do. Um, And I was into basically all the other tight ends. I didn't like Kincaid at value. I liked him as the – he was my tight end one, but I didn't like him at at, at value. But um, the other one, Kendra Miller, that kind of hurts a little bit because I was – I drafted A-Chain over Kendra Miller like in five or six straight uh, drafts like I was like a chain a chain and then all of a sudden I started to get a little bit of cold feet and I dabbled and I took a couple of Kendra's over a chain so I did do it a couple of times the wrong way but um, the big one for me the biggest disappointment especially when you think about at at uh, at cost startup cost going into the year how about Tony Pollard oh, because yeah. t- Tony Pollard was he's been awful like uh, you know he is lowest yards per carry. He's not even he's not even averaging as many yards per game this year as he did last year, and that was behind Zeke. So he's fewer yards, way touchdowns are way down. He's averaging five point nine yards per catch, like that is so atrocious. So he's been very very bad. And yeah, the schedule. What I mean, you know, you're sort of looking down the stretch, going, hey, he could be a league winner, and and I think he might actually might be, but. Boy, oh boy, so far, it, it's going to be hard to have him in your lineup if you haven't made the playoffs because of his dumbass. You know, I mean, it's been bad. It's been really, really bad. And Pollard, like, yeah. his dynasty value just is nuked. And I, I fully expect Dallas to move on this offseason. And I think we'll see a brand-new running For back sure. in Dallas, 100%. Start talking about some some names kind of out there of the veterans. <laughs> I mean, you could see King Henry in Dallas. You could see so many guys on this open <sighs> market just might end up in Dallas and and, and see their, you know, their their dynasty stock rise a little bit based on it. We're going to dive into a number of players here. We're, we're going to hear about Scott's anatomy of series, which is mm. really, really important for dynasty managers to listen to. And we're going to dive into a number <laughs> of uh, topics that are going to help you in these fantasy playoffs uh, in just sure. a moment. This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony, doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio. And the beauty is, once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. 
Go to the App Store, get the Mojo app, and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo, start building your portfolio, and then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader. Welcome back to Dynasty Life. I'm Theo Greminger, and I'm joined by Scott Bollinger, aka Jax Falcone uh, of of the Undrafted. And uh, you know, we we got to start at the running back position here because we, we touched on it a little bit uh, in the in the the early part of the show, but we got to get to the nitty gritty here because this rookie class is so valuable when it comes to dynasty rankings, especially mm-hmm. looking at the running back position. Uh, tight end, you know, obviously there's been some massive hits, but Running back is just so scarce in Dynasty. There's such like big impactful performances that we've seen from Jameer Gibbs. And Bijan Robinson has done enough to kind of, you know, let you see like, hey, this is why the hype was there. Um, despite Arthur Smith kind of frustrating us, the talent is is definitely there. Where are you at? Are those two guys the the top two running backs in Dynasty right now? Uh, can we move on or do you want to in, in like talk about? <laughs> other guy in your top two yeah i so this was a great i'm glad you brought this up i wasn't sure if we were going to get here because last week i listened to you and scott connor talk about the the running backs and it was interesting you guys were like oh Bijan and brie i mean uh Bijan and gibbs rb1 for sure and then kind of kept going and talked about cmc like rb7 or eight or something like that and then you started talking and you said you really got to look at these running backs as like one year. What can they do? And I started thinking to myself, who's going to be a top five pick next year in redraft? He's going to be the one-on-one if we're talking about CMC. Right? So what the hell? Why are we – I mean, CMC has to be a top two or three running back in Dynasty just because what more do you want than the 1.01 next year in redraft? Like. I don't know what else you want. And so I'm holding CMC on like one losing team. And it's actually a really, it's a high variance league, 10 team league. And so everybody's kind of good. It's really sick. So I like my team's dope, but I'm going to be losing. And I was like, anybody wants CMC to, to win it all? You know, I put them on the block, nothing worth anything. Everybody was trying to steal them and they're like, eh, getting old. I'm like, so I think the market is off on CMC Win your fucking league. Pardon my French, but like, what is wrong with buying CMC? You're guaranteed – well, pardon me. Knock on all the wood. You're albeit guaranteed outside of injury of him being perhaps the league winner down the stretch. He's already been the league winner thus far. And, again, unless he gets hurt, he's the 101, 102, 103 in redraft next year. You have the the queen chess piece going into next season. I think go buy CMC. I mean, what else do you want than to win your league and no one knows – Who's going to be a good running back in 2025? It's a very interesting way of looking at things because from the the production, 1 million percent, I would bet on Christian McCaffrey next year to like continue breaking the mold. Like we we have we have not seen a running back this late in their career put up this sort of numbers since like Jamal Charles. So you're going back right. like 20 years. Uh he's a unicorn. Um, and he's just fantastic. But I think at the end of the day, it's sort of that we're scared of the age cliff. Uh, And when we're doing dynasty startups, it's really hard for me to to push that button on a 28 and a half year old (laughs) running back 
Um, yeah. You know, that's I think that's the difference between the the Bijan and the Jameer Gibbs. But sure. I think it's co- sort of a it's sort of a like a semantics thing because I think that the clear like CMC definitely gets in that running back three through five. I think for most people at this point, I mean, how could you? I think he's insulated at like RB five. Even if you're an ageist, you have to say you know that's kind of what makes sense based on the obscene production you get. And also you have the fact that this offseason we don't have quarterback concerns in San Francisco. There's no like, hey, is Sam Bradford or Trey Lance or Brock Purdy the quarterback? It's, hey, this guy who is competing for an MVP, he's going to be the quarterback next to Christian McCaffrey. So McCaffrey, I think, is going to be the one-on-one in redraft. But I think that the question that, that I really come down to is, let's say those are your top three. We get down to it like the Brees Hall stands are are strong in the streets. And I think that like I'm I'm a guy who has a lot of Brees Hall in Dynasty, but I think I'm at Devon A chain over Brees Hall at this point, yeah. if I could have it on my Dynasty roster. And I think that's a little bit polarizing. So Devon A chain has given us, you know, these four top five overall weeks in, in his career, that which is pretty yeah. much every week he's played. Brees Hall's yeah. done that in yes, 19 games, true. giving us five. Um, you weigh the prototypical, you know, size Brees Hall versus the kind of the outlier in Devon A chain. Like, I think that's a little bit polarizing. Which way are you going when it comes to those two guys? Because I think that trade was out there a couple weeks ago. I know I did it. I pivoted from. I heard that was sick. Yeah. Don't even don't even bring that one back up you know how you know how you know how you know how i roll with my trades i I mean mean, i'm not that's ridiculous yeah i'm not gonna talk about a bad trade on on a podcast (laughs) come on (laughs) we're gonna Um, have to have you on the show bad trade central just you know it's like it's like a it's like a therapy meeting like and then what i did was i traded you know yeah yeah um but yeah no i i look i'm with you this devon a chain versus Brees hall thing right so uh i don't know was it two weeks ago we talked about that question and i had um a chain as like uh rb7 or something behind you know that 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 group and i said if we see him come back and he's healthy for the stretch run this all changes because see here's the other thing too we're talking today today is december 6th we still have the fantasy football playoffs to to hold so if if, if guys are listening to this thinking next year well then it's a whole different answer okay a whole yeah. different answer if you ask me what's the dynasty rankings going to look like right before the nfl draft okay well then i have to change that answer but we're talking about right effing now that's where cmc is right now if next year going in you're like okay i know he's the 101 in redraft but how much is that worth compared to a chain maybe i'd rather have a chain but i'm talking about right effing now and right now yeah i would rather have a chain over Brees. That might change in the offseason where then we reset it. The Jets come out and they actually get a you know a viable NFL quarterback, let's say a Gardner Minshew type. Thank you. See what I did there? Yeah. Um, but you know, get an actual maybe a Mike White could come in there. I, I don't know how they get their hands on a guy like that, but if they could get their hands on a guy like Mike White, anyway, again, just needling all the Jets fans. But then it all changes for Brees Hall again because we've seen him be just as explosive. And yes, you're right; he's younger. He's got that, you know, that 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 workhorse uh, size, all that stuff. But I think you're right. I think a chain right now. Um, you know, I've got him on a couple of leagues, man, where he could be the actual league winner for me in several spots. And so his upside is is tantalizing. I wouldn't let him go on those teams for almost any other player outside, probably. Honestly, only CMC. I mean, it is like 
oh, he's just su- such an upside play for the rest of the season in the playoffs to win you money. That's a that's a really interesting uh, interesting take on the the complete trade value. Like, you know, we talk about a guy like Brees Hall or Jameer Gibbs who are kind of like untradeable, really, for many dynasty managers. Like, there's no possible way. But if you had a Bijan Robinson share, which is a guy that I've said could be a league winner in like a different way, yeah, is there a pivot trade where you're trading like a Bijan? For for an A chain plus, like how much Absolutely. would that plus? How much would that plus have to be I mean, to get them off your hands? As much as I could make it, right? You know, I mean, you know, as much as I can make it, but I definitely would a hundred thousand percent consider it because again, next year going into the year, what are we going to look at in a redraft setting? Is is Bijan going to be that far ahead of A chain if everything kind of like you know just lands how we think it's going to be? Right? You know, I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, we, we would assume they'd both be what uh, round one, maybe round one, two turn guys. I mean, yeah. A is going to be right there in the second round. I mean, maybe even a, right. Am I? Am, what do you think? I, I like when we're talking. We're talking about. I I think A is going to be a redraft first round pick next year. So right, like at right. his age, I think he's going to end up right like dynasty. So what's the problem? Well, yeah, right. I, I agree mean, with you. Of course. Yeah. It's well, sort of I like mean, the. Uh, it's like that value trap in your head where you're unwilling to let go of something because you've wanted it for so long. And I think that's <laughs> yes. John Robinson, but at the end of the day, fantasy points matter. Uh, and, and, and a chain's incredible. Let's, let's pivot down though. We, we want to kind of close out this like insulated running back tier right now okay. with Travis Etienne and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Like do either of those guys belong in that top five discussion? Hell or yeah. are they kind of in their own little mini tier? They're both going to be 25. Um, they're, Travis Etienne's taking a big step forward this year. Jonathan Taylor has the contract. Unfortunate thumb injury. But I think that the Zach Moss success is like a real, like a plus for Jonathan Taylor heading into next season. Like the, the Shane Steichen offense works for running backs. It's getting him receptions. And Anthony Richardson healthy. We, we love the potential touchdown results. How those two guys, uh, where are you at on them? Uh, should they be considered in that top five? Yeah, to me, it's a seven-man tier. You know, okay. uh, the Bijan, CMC, Taylor, Gibbs, Hall, A-Chain, ETN, and that's where it ends because those are the guys that, I mean, and, and actually, you know, if th- those are the seven guys that have, you know, sort of locked-in utility next year. I know there will be other players with great utility next year, but we're not sure about it you know there will be other players obviously what is that going to be josh jacobs like is josh jacobs going to be you know lined up and ready to go obviously barkley will be potentially right we're just a little bit unsure and then the the other thing that those seven guys share is youth and then the the last thing is if we're talking about right now production down the stretch you know if you were ranking those down the stretch Brees would be last i think yeah so that's why for me Brees. Yeah, he'll probably go back up, but he, I've got him at RB five in Dynasty right now because I look. If you're telling me I could get uh, and Taylor, actually probably has to be moved down a little bit, uh, probably RB four. But like, if I could get you know a chain or or like you did, I mean, God, the a chain trade you made is just incredible. But you know, CMC for for Brees, and then I get some plus because Brees is somehow I don't know. I mean, again, if, if I'm competing and I'm winning and I want the money. You know, if you're in a big money league and you can get yourself CMC down the stretch, and I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just think that at this particular point, the running back that is going to be a game changer is the one that wins you the money. Um, you know, 
that, so that, that that's it. I mean, these running backs are super fickle. Um, and you know, we, we trade them all off season. We, we, we prognosticate and then we're wrong. Let's just face it. These were not the seven guys we all had as the top seven running backs, uh, coming into the season. Yeah, absolutely. And then when we start getting outside of that big seven, picking your favorite one yeah. is a very difficult proposition. Like totally, there's a number of names out there that, that value could change dramatically. I think that's in a one really week. good one. In one Tony week Pollard sure. could go, Tony Pollard could go off this week and he'd be like, people would be like, is he the RB five? You know I mean? So yeah, man. I mean, you know, I just said Tony Pollard is a huge disappointment, but he could go off any of these guys. That's what I mean with running back is so fickle, but you know, a chain, my gosh, I mean, come on, let's fuck. So pivoting over to the tight end position, and we have a question in the chat that kind of, you know, really falls in line with this. Because my question to you was, yeah, Trey McBride has had a rapid ascension. So the story, you know, two months ago, we were talking about guys like Sam Laporta, then Dalton Kincaid had the rise. Now it's just Trey McBride. And you're talking about a guy who was a second round draft pick. Yeah. This is a guy who's producing at an elite level, leading his team in targets like we want to see from our elite tight ends. First of all, let's take this question in the chat. Uh, Kincaid or McBride, rest of the season? Interesting one. I, As much McBride, as I, I hate to say it, I think I'm going to go McBride. Yeah, McBride also in Dynasty. McBride easily, yeah. So that's interesting. McBride yeah. in Dynasty over Kincaid is a little spicy. Kincaid, you know, again, it's, again, mm-hmm. semantics because you're talking about a late first uh, versus second rounder. Yeah. But he has the first round installation. Uh, we have an offense that we know is going to score a lot of points. I think Arizona, we... Hope we'll take a big step forward next year. Um, the McBride, you say that easily, McBride over over Kincaid. Why don't you clarify? Because, because also end of season, I, I just think McBride. I mean, if you extrapolate McBride's play right now, he's like it's like 110 or 120 catches, 1300 yards or something like yeah, that. It's insane. I mean, it's insane. He's going off. So I mean, I'm not saying that's going to continue, but I mean, he's clearly a, an alpha tight end. So I mean, when you were talking about what tier is he in, he's in the tier. He's yeah. in the tier with Laporta, Hawkinson, right? McBride. And that's kind of like the tier. And then when Andrews is healthy and Kelsey, of course, but you know, that's the tier. Um, and, and I think that's ahead of the Kincaid gear tier. Um, I think McBride actually serves to potentially be a, a you know, a, 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 a field tilting asset down the stretch, potentially, obviously. I mean, obviously it's the play like he's been playing, but yeah, I've really liked McBride coming out. I thought he was really good. I, I love, dude. This was one of my best calls too. I called McBride preseason. Um, you know, I did not think, I did not think Zach Ertz was going to be a Zach Ertz FML because Zach Ertz had a torn ACL and came back like week one somehow at thirty, whatever the fuck he is years old, and that was a shock. So I thought McBride was going to get his run early. Never really did play behind Ertz, and like I was like, oh man, a, a, a two full years of scuffling behind an aged Zach Ertz on a team that isn't going to make the playoffs. This is the dumbest malpractice I've ever seen in my life from an organization. They should have traded Ertz right away. They didn't, so then he got hurt. Now he's now he's released, and uh, I mean, just they completely fumbled it. I thought they should have just said Trey McBride, let's go, and I thought that's why he was going to be such a great redraft player. Um, you know, he ended up being that if you held on to him, but, um, but yeah, so I, I really thought McBride was great. I thought all of his underlying metrics were, were pointing up and, and now you're seeing that come to fruition. Uh, they could certainly add some target competition as they have an early pick 
and things could change for them. But at the end of the day, I think I think they're uh, that McBride is arrow up, and he's definitely, you know, I mean McBride or or Travis Kelsey right now in Dynasty. I mean, you all you have Mc, to kind of lead McBride. M- McBride, no question. Yeah, like I, I like I like Kelsey in Dynasty. Yeah. I think he's got another year, but it's you're starting to see it where he just is starting to look a little bit older, yeah. and the production is still there. The him and Mahomes have the wonderful connection, but that's a clear one. Um, McBride or TJ Hawkinson in Dynasty? That's very close. And I probably lean McBride, but I'm okay either way. You know, I had Travis Kelsey as our tight end one, my tight end one uh, for, I I was claiming for as long as he's an extra tight end above all the rest of the tight ends. You know what I mean? Like when he was, if he's just amongst, and maybe even still the tight end one, but just amongst other elite tight ends, then he has to fall down because of age. But if he's actually the queen chess piece where he's literally a league winner and he's been that for like two or three years straight, I'm like, when that ends, then he comes off the tight end one and dynasty pedestal. I understand that it's, you know, it might end unceremoniously, but for as long as he is that, he has to be the tight end one because again, winning is what you're trying to do. Granted, if you're rebuilding, which I did last year, I got off of Kelsey in a, in a rebuild. But if you're not, I mean, why not just hang on to him and, you know, and ride the profit now, yeah, you got to start looking at him behind, maybe even Kincaid, although I think I, I'd have him in the top five for sure. I, I currently am looking, and I've got him at our, uh, tight end three, that Kelsey that is. But, yeah, he's he's got to have to move behind uh, all these elite younger guys. Yeah, and McBride is 24 years old, the same as Kincaid. Uh, it's, really a, it's, really a strong, it's really a strong time for dynasty startup managers with the tight end position because you go down the list and that you could find value after value. I think redraft managers are having it a little bit easier this year as well with some of these guys kind of coming out and, and performing like they are. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I love, I love the McBride take. Now we got to talk about this one because as by, by the way, in Scott Fishbowl, I drafted Laporta and McBride. I had a Kelsey. That, that, team, that team's team. eliminated by the way. I got eliminated in round one because I replaced my kicker last second and uh, took a zero at kicker and missed it by like four points. I, that team had a chain Puka McBride. Uh, it was dude. I, I, I know that you were running. Just, you were running pure this year uh, with that with that team. I saw. I saw. I saw you at the top right there. So you were running for a while. A one a one week just catastrophic ending, and it's it's over just like that. Yep. Next year. Bye next on. year. Next uh, year. So so we we talk about the tight end position and like as fantastic of values as we see a second year player in McBride, yeah. a first year player in Laporta, a first year player in Kincaid. Now you have Brock Bowers coming into the mix, and I think. Like I had this conversation with Alan Soslowski and Matt Kelly on the Sonic Truth podcast last week about I think that the market for Brock Bowers is going to be insane. I think he's going to get the draft capital, and I, I haven't seen this sort of enthusiasm. Like people started getting around on Pitts, but I feel like it was a late steam for Pitts when it came to Pitts on rookie drafts, where people were kind of at him behind, like the even a tight end premium, you're seeing him like behind the chases, behind the Najis. And then he had like that steam where people like started making that, that last minute move. Uh, the draft capital certainly helped, but when it comes to Bowers, we've been watching him do it in the national championship games. Uh, and he's been doing it as a, tr- as a true freshman, he's got the speed. He's sort of this like uh hybrid type, almost like wide receiver playing tight end. And they, they're, they're using him on like design runs. It's really, it's ridiculous. Where where do you think he's going to end up falling in line? Not in your personal ranks, but right. in dynasty startups. 
Yeah, I've heard you. I've heard you uh, make this case on a couple of occasions, namely, I think Sonic Truth. When I heard you say it, and I agree that he is going to get immense steam. I don't know that it's more than Pitts. I mean, Pitts was as as steamy as I've heard because I heard people say Pitts 101 in all formats on Twitter. This was like a thing. I mean, obviously, I know people run to the extremes with the flag plant so they can look cool when it happens, um, so they can have the receipt. I mean, literally, I know people do this, but there was a lot of it. There was a lot of people in and those who probably weren't even trying to do what I just mentioned. They were actually believing that that, that you should take Kyle Pitts, you know, and, and just as the one-on-one, he's that transcendent a player, the best prospect ever. I once said this about Kyle Pitts. He is the greatest tight end prospect that there ever was, and it doesn't matter. Uh, and I'll probably say the same thing about Brock Bowers. It's not to say that I don't think he's as, as elite a tight end prospect as there ever will be. He probably is, but how much does that matter? I don't know. Uh, we haven't been good at picking the best tight end out of a class almost ever. Kelsey wasn't number one in his class. Kittle wasn't number one in his class. Laporta wasn't number one in his class. Go on and on and on. It doesn't happen that way. Um, so for all those reasons, you know, you think you got the guy and you generally don't. I'm not saying Brock Bowers won't be the guy. I will be keen to see his landing spot in the real NFL. I heard you say that if he gets the nuts – it's possible yeah. he could land someplace where it's like, boy, oh boy, I really have a hard time seeing him not be utilized correctly in offense X. But I do think he's going to get top 10 NFL draft capital. And I think as of right now, I think if you were to draft this moment, he'd be either the third or the fourth pick in a dynasty super flex non tight end premium format. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting take. Like, And I think that when it comes to when it comes to non super flex uh, tight end premium, I think he probably ends up the 102, 102. behind Marvin Harrison Jr. Which and there'll is be crazy. people who take him 101. That was, he so will I, go I, on, he'll take some 101s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm, and I'm a, I'm a Bowers guy, but I'm a, of course not. Marvin, I mean, Marvin Harrison. Now you life, ask my man. personal opinion, I'll have zero, zero yeah. at that. I'll, Malik Neighbors will, I'll definitely be taking Malik Neighbors over Brock Bowers. I mean, unless, things get really wonky. Um, but yeah, I mean, as of right now, I mean, look, if, if it gets really ugly, then maybe Brock Bowers will be the default pick, but I'll generally do what I did with the Kincaid pick every single time I was, this is why I have zero Kincaid by the way, or maybe one or something, a couple, whatever I have. I have a couple Kincaid, maybe one or two, but I have late first round picks. I love it when Podfather says this too, obviously uh, no, no, but I, I did. I had a number of like one tens or whatever. I'm on the clock. It, Kincaid is definitely the guy. Like he's the next, you know, in, in the ADP. I know someone wants him here. I sold that pick numerous times, numerous times. I sold the Kincaid pick because I felt like I could get a Laporta or a Musgrave or even a mayor, although generally he was gone, but I could get a Jaden Reed or a Marvin Mims. I could fall back and get a player that I felt just about as good at uh, about and then reap a, a future first, which is what I often got for that Kincaid pick. And I felt great. And obviously that was the right move. I will do that probably with the Brock Bowers 103, 104, 105, wherever I'm at. And it's not that I don't like Bowers. It's just that I wouldn't normally draft a tight end with that type of capital, um, especially in a, in a regular non, non uh, t tight end premium for sure. But even a super tight end premium, then maybe the pick is worth that much more. So sell the fuck out of it because we still don't even know how Brock Bowers will be utilized, a.k.a. Kyle Pitts and all these other tight ends that have, have failed us in the past.
Yeah, and the the chat, shout out to JR in the chat mentioning uh, the kid from Texas and Jatavian yeah. Sanders. Like, we're going to talk about Jatavian Sanders a lot uh, in the offseason. I think that he's going to see his value sort of rise up. A guy that that could be another first-round uh, tight end, another, like, freaky athletic, like, per, big producer from yeah. Texas. Um, you know, let's pivot back to this 2023 class because we talked about Pukunakua. Uh, is Pukunakua right now your wide receiver one in this class. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's funny, isn't it? We're on Pukunakua. We're both there at the, at yeah, the wide crazy. receiver one in this class. Now, Tank Dell was yeah. on this incredible ascent, uh, but we have to do, we have to factor in the injury a little bit here. Uh, yeah, the injury yeah. does matter because again, you're losing him for the rest of the season uh, yeah. and lower body injuries are, are a little scary. Like I think he'll be fine. There's nobody saying this is some catastrophic damage, like long-term thing. But at the end of the day, we got to see it. Where are you at on your wide receiver two in this class? Everything being equal, if you could roster one more guy from this 2023 rookie wide receiver class that's not Pukunakua, who would it be? It, it might be Tank Dell, depending on the situation, because I think a lot of these rookies are kind of, um, you know, not necessarily helping us win this year. And I think the rest of the rookies are not helping you win this year. I mean, I'm looking at a few, I, I like Jordan Addison a whole lot, but I'm looking at him saying, okay, in a number of leagues I have him in, I, I'm probably playing him, but he's borderline. You know, he's not like, oh yeah, set it and forget, it. especially with, with Jefferson coming back. Maybe that's helps quarterback issues. So the rest of this year, not so sure. Heading into next year, I think Tank Dell will rise right back up and, and be a very, very, excuse me, popular pick. So it may be Tank Dell as number two. Just before this week, I had Tank Dell as my number one uh, of this class. He was yeah. he was ahead of Puka just because he was also providing this incredible, you know, uh, rhythm with CJ. Well, I'll, inter I'll interrupt you because I've Go. cited this. I've cited your your reference on a couple of podcasts, and I've given you credit for this one. You mentioned the word Tyree Kill, like yeah. with with Tank Dell, and and I think that really resonated with me because the sort of massive week winning performances he was able to give you this yeah. season. Like that matters. Like counting stats matter, but at the end of the day, when you get down to like wide receiver fifteen to wide receiver thirty, a lot of it starts to merge together as the season comes along. But if you're telling me that there's a guy that's giving me these multiple twenty-five point weeks and I'm yeah. getting wins with him, like I think that matters a ton when trying to evaluate them. Yeah, it's part of the reason that I don't have Zay Flowers in that tier. I have uh, Puka, Addison, JSN, just because of pedigree and Tank Dell. Uh, Zay Flowers just a skosh behind that for me. Uh, you know, if I were redrafting the 2023 uh, wide receivers, so we've talked about the the wide receivers. We've talked about the tight ends from this class. Uh, quarterback wise, we're we're clear about C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. Yeah, for, solved equation. I think C.J. is now top four dynasty quarterback. Easy. I mean, it's crazy. It's just he's now, there. It's what now, it is. is there an Anthony Richardson pivot for C.J. Stroud this offseason? Coming off of injury, if I offer you Anthony Richardson plus for your C.J. Stroud, are you willing to make that pivot, or are you just so over the top like I am with C.J. Stroud that you're like, you know what, thanks, but I'm sticking with Stroud? It's interesting. Um, I, I like Anthony Richardson. I, I feel like he showed enough that he's the lights aren't too bright. He's not going to just fold. He's not just a complete albatross. Like I think he showed just enough that you know I believe in him. When I say long-term, I mean – three, four, five years, you know, I mean, in other words, I don't think he's going to be a complete bust out the gate, 
Um, and then he offers league winning upside. Um, he was rushing for touchdowns. A lot of people will give you a huge injury discount because he's quote unquote, wink, wink injury prone. Now. Uh, I don't think that he's injury prone at all. Um, you know, I just don't, I think it's a fallacy. Remember when Keenan Allen was injury prone? I mean, I, I don't even know what that means. I mean, you know, either the guy's broken or he isn't, I don't think, a you know, a six foot four, 255 pound, you know, Adonis is fucking broken at 22 years old. So I'm going to bet that he's just fine. I would consider it for sure. And I would hate to let go of CJ Stroud in any, uh, any situation. So you're going to have to really sweeten the pot to get CJ Stroud off my hands, especially now. And that, but that's why you probably should, because, you know, everybody knows that you got to pay up to get them. So if you have them, why not, you know, pivot to another elite uh, quarterback? I mean, now's the time to, to, to sell on CJ Stroud. If you're going to, I mean, oh. the hotness can't get much hotter. Um, okay, but I do think he's, I do think he's for real though. Heat check CJ Stroud dynasty startup. Uh, CJ Stroud or Justin Herbert? Oh, Stroud. CJ Stroud. CJ yeah. Stroud or Lamar Jackson? I'm at CJ Stroud. Me too. Yeah. I mean, Lamar has always been a little up and down. He's only giving you that one season of, you know, supernova, right? Every other year has either been a little hurt, a little up and down, you know, top 12, top nine. But even now, I think he's like quarterback nine or something like that. I'm not looking, but, you know, he's not, you know, giving you what you really want from him. And that's another reason why I'm a little down on Zay Flower. But yeah, de- definitely give me CJ Stroud. Okay, here's one. CJ Stroud or Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, no, Mahomes is quarterback one. Um, and I have him ahead. I heard the show with you and uh, and everybody. Yeah, for me, you know, he's ahead of Hurts. He's ahead of, you know, Josh Allen is is awesome, man. He's so fucking good, like, especially yeah. for, dy- uh, for fantasy. So you can make the case for Josh Allen. I just... I'm just banking Mahomes for his career. Just, just I just know what I'm going to get. And CJ Stroud's approaching Mahomes, so he might sort of pass the other two, but it's going to take a moment for him to 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 pass Mahomes, given given what I've seen from Patrick. So I, I when we first got the awesome conversation on quarterbacks, we could do it for an hour. Uh, yeah. But I want I want to start talking to you a little bit about your anatomy of series because that's how we sure. first connected. Uh, you know. I, I saw this and I'm like, this is amazing. It's this fun. totally resonates with me. And I reached out to you and, and over the years we become friends and yeah, but it's great. And I think this is, as you get larger in the space, I feel like less people know you for this yeah. because they just know you for the undrafted. But I feel yeah. like when it comes down to it, this was such a, uh, it was such a contribution to dynasty. What you did with, with the anatomy of, why don't you yeah. talk a little bit about what this is when it started, and then yeah, we're going to take a look at some of these guys coming up in this 2024 class. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was a, it was kind of fun because I, I I'll never forget how I looked at it. It was like I had a lot of uh, data guys uh, on Twitter giving you the R squared of yards per route run and whether or not that correlates to draft the, the, the nerds, the nerds, the nerds, and I was like, yeah. dude, this nerdy shit is kind of cool, but I guarantee you, nobody likes it. You know what I mean? Nobody fucking likes it. I mean, you know, there's like a, a very small portion of people are like, oh, the R squared. You know, I don't fuck. So I said, well, there's there's stuff there, but let's just make it regular. Like talk to people regular. I said, so let's take some of that stuff and just make it like fun and easy to see. And I just said, what is the identity of a top 12 dynasty wide receiver? Or what's the identity of a top eight dynasty 
tight end. And each year I take, I'll take, I'll probably use keep trade cut this year. I've tried to use something somewhat agnostic to my opinion and just use the sort of the, the top, uh, you know, ranked dynasty players out of a given position and then just look at what traits they share and then put that into, you know, uh, some content that, that shows you what they all share. And it's crazy that they all hit these certain benchmarks, right? Uh, whether it be, you know, speed or size or college production, early college production, draft capital, things like that, yards per route run. We'll use some geeky stuff in there too, but, you know, just all sorts of different stuff that sort of they all share. And what's interesting is when you see a player that just doesn't hit any of that and and the rest of the community is hyping them up, you're like, just be careful. It doesn't mean they can't hit because there's outliers on all of these, but you you know you're playing with fire when you're when you're looking at players outside that. Maybe it's not quite an elite player. And you know, as we go back, you know, some of the misses we sh- we saw coming. You know, we've we've identified a, a lot of misses as well as a lot of hits, you know. So, yeah, it's just fun to see and I I know what's cool about it is I'll put it out there and then other people will like they'll say, "Oh, look at this particular player, whomever. And they'll say, look, check mark, check mark, X, X, check mark, check mark. And I'm like, ah, that's pretty cool. You know? So people have fun with it and it's real easy for them to interact with, uh, with the information. And so that's what it is. It's fun. Yeah. And just kind of, kind of put it in perspective, like a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba this past yeah. off season, like this is a guy that checked how many boxes for you ballpark. Yeah, a lot. I mean, I have all of them. I have it pretty some, much all yeah, of them. pretty much all of them. Pretty much, right? I mean, yeah, he was prototypical size. He was drafted early. He had early production. You know, it, he he also. I mean, JSN was missed uh, that that his junior season basically. I mean, yes. you know, it was the same thing with like you know some of the Jamar Chase did that, and it was like you know the COVID thing kind of effed things up, and we're enough. Uh, we're farther enough behind that where I think it's going to be a little bit easier. Cause one of the things I like to look at, especially for these college wide receivers is early production. Like if a guy steps on campus and he's good, he's probably good. It, it goes back to, you know, Matt Kelly famously calling Hakeem Bustler, right? Because yes. Hakeem Butler was a late, you know, a late producer. And it's like, well, wait, he was at Iowa state and didn't do shit for four years. And then he's a fucking red shirt, 23 year old senior. And he has a pretty good season. Yeah, maybe not, right? And so, and then he falls in the draft, and so forth and so on. But point of the matter is, is that yeah, we can look at those things and say, hey, there's a little bit of a red flag here. People are getting excited. I can't even remember. They're, 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 oh, what's the Xavier guy? Uh, Xavier something, not worthy. The other Xavier, I can't think of his name. He's sort of hitting some of that because he's a late producer and everybody loves him. And he's having a super productive season. Uh, I, I literally, uh, I'll just tell you, we're going to talk about some rookies real quick. But I generally don't get into the my full rookie analysis until after the fantasy playoffs. Once the fantasy playoffs are done and I don't have to do lineups, I don't have to do waiver wires. I don't have to think about my teams at such a, you know, uh, aggressive level. Then I can get into looking at these prospects, start looking at the information, the data, the numbers, maybe even get into some film. I usually do film in the spring or, you know, after the new year, uh, February ish, uh, because I don't need to do it now. Um, So I won't do it now. And so that's what I'll do. So I'm not I'm not all the way there yet, but I can't remember that dude's name. You got it pulled up? We uh Colorado one, right? Let me look. I like me Xavier look. Worthy. Wait, Xavier Worthy yeah. is my guy and Cody Carpenter's guy. Xavier Leggett. Leggett. Leggett from Leggett from South Carolina. South Carolina. He's, he's yeah. He's starting to blow up a little bit. But you know, if you want to hear about Xavier Leggett, listen to Maddie Keywoman, Cody and I 
uh, on Futurecast. We did a 2024 mock, but I, I want to kind of let get... me just give you this though, real quick. Xavier Leggett, 80 yards, 113 yards, 63 yards, and 167 yards. Those are his receiving totals from the last four, not games, last four seasons. It's not good. Yeah, he, he'll be an interesting one because there are people that are flag planning him and there's some people that, that are just not into it right now. Uh, I do think he'll end up being a day two guy, but I really want to kind of talk to you about the 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 top of the class here. Like yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to break your, your anatomy of. Like this is oh, the yeah. guy. This Fuck. is the guy. How yeah. excited are you about Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think we're all excited, but let's let's say this. How many wide receivers are you going to have ahead of him in a dynasty startup to start next season? Not many. I mean, he enters, I think, that elite tier. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we, we were talking, you, uh, Soslowski asked that great question, remember? Uh, which player this year has the most likely uh, chance of breaking into the top two tier? Hey, it's my boy, C.D. Lamb. It was was the right answer, right? You're 100%. 100%. It was C.D. Lamb. And a, a shout-out to the C.D. Lamb faders who have gotten into it with Jax over the years and myself. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Take your L. Hey, whatever. Take your L. But, you know, hey, I, I you know, C.D. Lamb. So he, he's there. But w- the answer that you and I were giving was, you know, cheat, cheat, Marvin Harrison Jr., bro. And it's true. He is going to be breaking in there. I mean, you know, so, yeah, I, I, he's he's going to be a, a top 10 wide receiver, easily probably top five in uh, in, in Dynasty redra- uh, uh, you know. so Dynasty you, startups. You have Marvin Harrison easy, wide receiver one. And then Malik Neighbors is sort of coming into his own as like a de facto 1B for some people. Do we – I have him as wide receiver two in this class. Are you kind of on that same page? Yeah, absolutely. I mean – I don't see how you can see it any other way at, at this point. Again, I, I don't, I have not watched film. I don't know. I mean, I've seen yeah. him play, you know, I mean, looks fucking amazing to me, but yeah, I mean, just by the numbers and by the straight eye test at this particular point, it's, it, you know, again, I'm 30,000 foot view, not deep dive and not film. Yeah. It seems kind of clear to me. I, again, I, I can't wait to dive in and see if there's any story other than he's awesome. I don't, I don't see it coming. <laughs> I, I don't either, and I think that like like the tape doesn't lie. You only need to watch him a little bit to say that this is right. a NFL. This is a Sunday player, and we want him on our dynasty teams. Baller. Yes. Now, yes. when we start getting to wide receiver three, though, I think that becomes a discussion, and I think it might be a long term discussion because totally after the Marvin Harrison Jr. and after Malik Neighbors, you have a number of names here, and there's going to be some people that want to talk about the Troy Franklins and the Amika Agbukba. Um, but for me, like there's two dudes who are kind of standing out, Keon Coleman and Roma Dunze. Like, yeah. is there one of those guys that, that, you know, from a 30,000 foot bird's eye view you're more into right now? Uh, Rome, <laughs> uh, he, he, he looks like the right kind of guy for me. Um, Roma Dunze uh, out of Washington, uh, feels like, um, the, the, the wide receiver three for me at this particular point. So at this particular point, which again is sort of loosely held, no conviction to any of this is Marvin Harrison neighbors, uh, then a Dunze for me. And, and yeah. to me, that's kind of like, it feels kind of strong. I think, you know, Amika or Mecca or however the hell you say his name, Whatever. Um, and Troy Franklin would be next for me. I think I probably have Troy Franklin as my uh, wide receiver four. Again, at this particular point, it's Harrison, uh, Neighbors, Adunze, and Franklin. Uh, Keon Coleman, 
I'm not a I'm not feeling it as much, but I, I I will need to do a little bit more digging. I'm 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 not saying he's not a good player. I just I'm getting a little bit of that you know outside alpha, um, you know George Pickens type of player, but maybe not George Pickens level athlete or excuse me George Pickens level um, player, you know. Um, and so, how much utility does that guy have in fantasy? Maybe he's a good NFL player, but you know, hey, maybe you know Nico Collins, right? I mean, is he? I don't know. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see exactly what I think of of Keon Coleman. I think if he's good enough on the outside, you know, he could be someone interesting. If he's just average on the outside as a prospect, I don't like outside prospects unless they're really elite. So I I I, I think I'm a little more bullish on him than you are, and I do view him a little bit more like he's to me a better separator, um, a better route runner than like Pickens. I, I think Keon Coleman's interesting. He's also a younger prospect. So yeah. you're going to get him coming in the league young, uh, but he's he's really really fun. And you know, I think that there's a kind of a, and I can't wait to talk about these guys with you this off season yeah. and really really dive into it. If we didn't have that whole pesky like one month left of the NFL season, yes. we could really really get into it. <laughs> yep. But I think there's a big, uh, you know, at the top with the quarterback class, it's it's a pretty clear top two, and then I think people are getting really excited about Daniels, and yeah. then a couple people have a couple other quarterbacks that they're kind of into. Um, I think that the quarterbacks are going to gain a little bit of value. Like I think Daniels is a stud and I think people are going to start really, really liking him as an NFL prospect, especially in super flex, but there's sort of a, and then obviously tight end, we touched on earlier in the show where people are thrilled with Brock Bowers and like Jatavian Sanders. People are like, wow, like I can get Jatavian Sanders as tight end too. I feel great about that. Yeah. The wide receiver class is looked at as a transformative wide receiver yeah. class, but then there's the running back position. And this mm. past year, we had Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson both go in the top 12 overall in the NFL draft. Both of these guys were entering uh, Dynasty as elite Dynasty values at the running back position. There's a little bit of apprehension when it comes to this running back class, but we both had the initial lean on the running back that we're kind of into. And a guy that when we talk about a guy potentially being able to touch on low-end RB1, um, He's kind of there for me because he can catch the football, and that's Travion Henderson. Where are you at on him? What what kind of gets you excited about him? Uh, and is he you're currently your RB one in this class? Yes, uh, for sure. Um, you know, I think we kind of Travion had a, a tough 2022. Um, everything was down. He didn't play that many games. He didn't he didn't do as much. He didn't catch as many balls. Like he just didn't do anything. I, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to hear the full story about that because, again, I don't follow college football uh, too intently, but I do know that, you know, he was the RB1 in all of, you know, Debbie after his freshman season at Ohio State. Like, had an absolutely huge uh, freshman season. And you know what? He was pretty good this past year as well, especially on a per-game basis. It basically replicated that uh, that freshman season. So I think he sort of showed himself back as that prospect. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to look to throw out 2022 and rely on 2021 and 2023 as sort of what he's capable of. You know, he's, he's kind of prototypical size. He's, I think he's going to be what five, five, 10, two, 10. That's yeah. exactly what you want. I mean, I somewhere in there, I mean, I, I, I don't know. He, he doesn't look all that much bigger or smaller than that. Um, but here's the thing we've sort of learned that that doesn't even matter so much anymore right now, the way that, you know, uh, backfields are, are sort of more of a split backfield anyway. 
And if you can catch passes, which he can do, and if you can break big plays, which he has done, then you can be pretty valuable. Uh, you know, where he gets drafted, I think you and I both agree he's a round two pick almost no matter what. Um, so I think he's going to get drafted uh, with good capital as long as he gets somewhat of a soft landing. I mean, you hate to see the the Zach Charbonnet treatment with him, oh, you man. know, landing behind someone like, right? You know what I mean? But like, I mean, you know, landing spot does matter for running backs more, way, 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 way more than it matters for wide receivers. Wide receivers' targets are earned. Uh, running backs, you have to be handed the football. So, you know, all that is, you know, uh, uh, going to be factored in. But for me, yeah, he's the clear RB1 heading in. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And I think that that's, you did hit the nail on the head because I think that one of the takeaways from the season has been sort of these running back by committees where they still have incredible production, where you think yep. there might be teams that might be more apt to say, hey, I want two really good running backs. The cheapest way for me to go about this is getting one of these guys in the draft, and I'm just going to split split the the baby, so to speak. Uh, terrible yeah. for us, probably good for real life football. And yeah, yes. I, I really I, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. But uh, <laughs> Scott, you've been incredibly uh, generous with your time, as you are always are, and your takes. Uh, why don't you let everybody know once again where where they can find your work? I'm just getting warmed up, man. I know, um, I know. We're trying to keep this tight. When we're when we're no, on I'm, your pod, I'm, we're gonna go forever. We're gonna go forever. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. It was like this last week. I said on the pod to, um, you know, it's coming. It's coming, guys. It's coming. We're gonna have all the all the college guys, and that's what's gonna gonna be so much fun. It's weird. Like I don't know you. You know, you, I don't know if you ever look at your podcast numbers. It's it's tough to do, but because you know you, you get married to it. But I did notice every single year, right around now. People start not paying attention. They're not doing Christmas, Thanksgiving. Their team's out of contention. But the numbers shoot right up, especially for mine, you know, uh, in the spring when we're talking rookies. So, yeah, for those who want to, you know, uh, deep dive all off season, that's what, you know, my, my show, we do it all the time. It's going to be so much fun. We, we, we ask so many different, you know, people their opinions. And that's kind of the fun thing is, you know, some shows are – you know, just two guys every week. And it's the same fucking opinion every week. You know, for me, I'm going to have, you know, all sorts of different uh, perspectives on all these prospects and, and try to figure out who's right, who's wrong. And, you know, which information is, is something we should be paying attention to. So you can find all that more on the undrafted podcast, the undroppables.com uh, at the undroppables, undroppables uh, podcast feed and on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, highly recommend your work. And uh, if you're into these rookie mock drafts, uh, I dropped one uh, like a couple weeks ago with Cody Carpenter and Maddie Kiwum on Futurecast, and uh, people loved it. So we're gonna run it back yes. this Wednesday night. We did Superflex. We did Superflex the first time. This time we're gonna do a non-Superflex. We're gonna go three rounds, real sicko <laughs> stuff. That's gonna be low uh, hanging fruit. Wednesday. Low hanging fruit mock draft content. I love it. It's so one, it's so one much week, fun to do. <laughs> It's amazing. People love it too. They can't get enough of it. They'll watch it. I you could, I could do my show just call it mock draft. Fucking, you know, people would listen every week. It's so much fun. So yeah, the yeah, undroppable, the awesome. undroppables mock draft special. Tuning in oh. weekly. Um, yes. but yeah, we'll be doing that next week. And then and check out press coverage I recorded yesterday with Justin Boone. And then first class fantasy tomorrow. Uh, I'm Booney. actually having a, a guy, a guy you don't know, a guy that's an unknown to the player profiler audience. I'm going to have actually the Podfather Matt Kelly joining me on First Class Fantasy. Billy Muzio can't make it, so I have a fill-in host, Matt Kelly, the podfather. But this was awesome. We got to do it again. Stick with us yes, at Dynasty Life all off-season long. I'm going to be bringing you some of the best minds in Dynasty, like our guy Scott Bollinger today. Uh, guys, we got to 
crush it, finish out your seasons. This is the week to put a little extra time in the waiver wire to take some extra time with your lineup decisions. If you're in a dynasty league that's still trading, go out and make that trade. This is money time. It's going to be over in a month. Uh, put that energy and time in this week. Have a great rest of your day and take care. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.